Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And a damn thing pretty. Unless you're talking about the bridge and seaport. Even from the seats in the upper decks, you can see the seashore. Tailgate function with the cornea side. Just walk from the tribal building for the Padres. I'm on it. Yeah, because for the 619, we'll knock you down. Anything for the brown. Put it on the town. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says you want to go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 245 of the Talking Bears podcast and YouTube show. I am your host, Ben Fadden. The Padres lost to the New York Mets tonight, 7-3. The series tied 1-1 now. Game three is tomorrow, a little after 4 o'clock here on the West Coast on ESPN. It'll be Joe Musgrove on the mound for the Padres against Chris Bassett. Tonight, they had snow on the mound, and things didn't go so well. Six walks. He walked more guys than hits he allowed. Um, was definitely not what you Darvish was in game one. There were some questionable decisions. One questionable main decision by Bob Melvin, leaving in Adrian Morahone there. Um, we'll get to a lot of that. Um, and what's next? Am I confident going into game three? I just did like an hour with Jim Russell on the wrap-up show, so if you were there... I appreciate you coming over here and talking more Padres baseball. It is 1030 at night here as I talk about this. So some people might be asleep. So if you're on the podcast or watching on replay, I appreciate it. If you're alive, I appreciate it as well. You can leave your thoughts in the comments uh, or on social media at Talking Friars. It was a disappointing loss, but for me, it wasn't like a, a loss that I was totally not expecting to happen. I'm not saying I was expecting to lose. I said on the pregame show that I was confident 
that they could win this game. But with Snow on the mound, I'll say this. I'm not as confident with Snow on the mound as I am with Musgrove on the mound. And so that's why going into this series, I wanted Joe Musgrove on the mound in a winner-go-home situation. So whether that was if the Padres went down 0-1 and they lost game one, I wanted Musgrove game two. If they won game one and they lost today, lost game two, I want Musgrove on the mound game three. And that's the situation that we have. I think going into game three, we'll talk about game two, obviously, what happened tonight. But going into game three, I think you have to be confident in this Padres team. I mean, they're in a better situation than the Mets. Nationally, the pressure is on the Mets. They already have gone through their two best starting pitchers. Dar- or Excuse me, not Darvish. Scherzer and DeGrom. They're done. They, they're not available. They have to rely on Chris Bassett, who didn't pitch very well in his last start against the Atlanta Braves last weekend when they were trying to win the National League East so they didn't have to play us in the wildcard series. The Padres, on the, on the other hand, they have Joe Musgrove on the mound, and you can make an argument that he is their second-best starter, and it's not Blake Snow. It is Musgrove. Through the course of the entire season, I think it is Musgrove. Musgrove's number two behind Darvish. And in a winner-go-home situation, I'd rather have the fresher bullpen, which is the Padres, and I'd rather have the better starting pitcher. And I think that's the Padres have that as well. Um, you can make the case that the Mets lineup might be better or in better shape than the Padres, but the Padres did just score seven runs off of Max Scherzer in game one. I know we're all reactionary and we remember what just happened, and what just happened was the Padres scored three runs in this game. One of them came on a bases-loaded walk by Ottavino late, but they did pounce on Max Scherzer in game one. That did happen. And there were still some encouraging things that we saw from the offense today. So I'm definitely taking the optimistic point of view heading into game three. Hater's available. He hasn't pitched yet this series, so he will go for however long that he can, I would think. They also have um, Garcia and Suarez on a day's rest after using them successfully in game one. Tim Hill hasn't been used yet. I thought he should have been used tonight, but he has not been used yet. So the bullpen's in a good spot. I wouldn't, I mean, this is the guy I want on the mound tomorrow, Joe Musgrove. I'd rather have him on the mound than Snell. There's no one else I'd rather have on the mound for the Padres tomorrow, maybe other than Darvish, but Musgrove, that's the guy. He wants it just as much as we do. He is a Padres fan. He's not just a player on the team. And so I think that matters as well. Um, And so I'm confident going into game three, but tonight, yeah, it was disappointing. Blake Snell, 90 pitches. Didn't make out of the fourth inning. Um, two earned runs, four hits, walks six guys. Those six walks, obviously, that elevates the pitch count and that allows some Mets hitters to get comfortable in the box because they know that they can sit there and make you throw strikes. And Snell wasn't throwing a ton of strikes tonight. I think through his first 45 pitches, he had thrown more balls than strikes. And so I'm not picking apart like a 10-pitch span or his first 10 pitches, and he got off to a rocky start. This was his first 45 pitches. Uh, and that's kind of how it was the whole night. And if you listen to him post game, he was talking about his release point and his slider just wasn't sliding, so he was using that breaking ball a little bit more. If I remember correctly, he didn't pull out the changeup a whole lot. I don't really have a, whole, a problem with that. It was just locating. He could not locate his pitches inside the strike zone. And yeah, there were some pitches maybe he got squeezed on from Chris Guccione, who also 
squeeze some Mets pitchers on it. You know, it was both ways. Um, and the umpire, yeah, you could make the argument that there were some base runners for the Mets that got on that should not have been on base, and they ended up scoring. But the Padres lost by four runs. They gave up seven runs. You take away a couple of those runs, they still lose the game. So there's multiple spots that you can blame. Obviously, Snell not pitching great tonight, and he'll own that. Uh, he said he probably can't sleep tonight. So you could point with Snell. You could point to Adrian Morahone. Uh, I think that's you should mainly point there, him and Bob Melvin. I think you should mainly point to those two about tonight. Mainly Morahone. I mean, more he just did not pitch good. You had Morahone. He put Morahone in that game in uh, the seventh inning, and he struck out Mark Canna there. The umpire didn't give him the call. Ends up walking him. Can ends up scoring. Um, he walked a second guy in a row. And that loaded the bases because he gave up, I think, a single to lead off that inning. Again, he just didn't have it. And the fastball, he kept going to the fastball. Fastball after fastball after fastball. And there were some long at-bats. There were some times where he did get it into the zone. But it just wasn't consistent enough. Um... And Bomell stuck with him going to Jeff McNeil there. He stuck with him. I didn't really understand that. I talked about that on the wrap-up show with Jim Russell a few minutes ago uh, about just that decision to stick with Morahone instead of going to another lefty like Tim Hill to face Jeff McNeil. Jeff McNeil's the batting title leader. And so when you have a guy throwing only fastballs, that's at least that's what it felt like watching that game, and he's not consistent inside the strike zone, you have the bases loaded, he's going to feel pressure to get it inside the strike zone. He's probably going to leave one over the middle of the plate. And a fastball over the middle of the plate to the guy that has the best batting average in the National League this year, that's a recipe for disaster. And that's what happened. Drove in two runs there. And then, obviously, Morhone was taken out of the game. Uh, Pierce Johnson, he gave up some runs too, but those are Morhone's runs. Uh, Morhone just has to be better in the at-bats that Bomel gives him, you know, the at-bats, the plate appearance, or the batters that Bomell allows Morahone to face, he has to be better. But I do think Bomell should have had Tim Hill warming up in the bullpen in that spot. Um, Post-game, he was talking about how, well, he wanted Morahone to get through McNeil. You don't have the matchup against Lindor because he's a switch hitter, and then you try to switch around Escobar. I think he was trying to get Escobar to become a righty there because I think he has weaker splits there. Um, but for me, like the mentality should be to get the NL batting title leader out there. Bases loaded, you have nowhere to put him. Get that, that guy out first and then worry about Lindor and Escobar. I know it's the three batter rule, so whoever you put in is going to have to face Lindor and Escobar, but I don't think Morahone should have been allowed to face McNeil there. He didn't have it. It was clear he did not have it. And there were some long at-bats there that elevated his pitch count even more. And it felt like, I was mentioning this to Jim on the wrap-up show earlier tonight, it felt like he got flustered there. If you go watch, if you're watching the game or you go back and watch it again, he couldn't communicate very well uh, with Nola. You know, the pitch com, I forget if they went to signs or not there. I don't think they did. I think they figured the pitch com out. The bat boy had to bring a new one out. But it felt to me like he was flustered by the crowd and not being able to hear very well. 
Um, and then you just add that to walking two guys in a row. He probably didn't have a ton of confidence out there. Um, so I would have taken Morahone out after three guys. I forget if Johnson was warming at that time. And Johnson, it's not like he was great either. He did hang a pitch. Uh, I'm blanking on who was who had that RBI single. Um, when Johnson came in, was it Escobar? It might have been Escobar. Uh, but I think you just got to try it, regardless of who you bring in. It's clear that Morahone didn't have it. And so once those three batters hit, you got to take him out of the game. And that didn't happen. And I think that, for me, that's definitely where the game turned, and that was definitely disappointing. And it felt like the Padres weren't going to win that game once that happened. And obviously the Mets, they had a big seventh inning. They scored four runs there. Um, I'm trying to go back to see who after McNeil. Yeah, it was Escobar. I mean, we can go through that seventh inning. That's the big inning, I think, to talk about. Uh, that decision. And in the top half, obviously, Soto was up with Nola on second base. Didn't come through. Uh, I talked about that with Jim as well on the wrap-up show earlier here today before I'm starting this, obviously. And there were multiple spots offensively for the Padres' offense to come through. And so, yeah, that was disappointing um, that they couldn't come through there. But even if they did come through, they still lost by four runs. And I know, well, Josh Bell had a chance to tie it there in the ninth inning with a grand slam. Okay, but that's putting a lot of pressure. Like, okay, to come up, to come through in that situation, you have to hit a grand slam to tie it. You know, like, uh, the game I thought where it changed and where the Mets won the game was after that top of the seventh where Soto didn't come through. And then... They get those runs, obviously, in that seventh inning. More Hones left in, I feel like, for too long. And Johnson gives up some runs there. More Hones runs. Uh, but that that's where the game, I thought, ended there. Um, again, if you're live here, feel free to give your thoughts. I'll answer your questions here in the chat. If you want to support the channel, you can use the Super Chat button. You can use the Super Thanks button on regular videos. Um, but yeah, to this seventh inning. So More Hone gave up that single to Lindor. Wild pitch got Lindor to second. Walked Alonzo. Alonzo didn't even know the count, by the way. He didn't know it was ball four. But it, for me, from what I remember from that at-bat, it was a lot of inside fastballs that were easily inside that Alonzo weren't, wasn't biting on. And so ball four. Then he walks Canna. I believe I... I think I... Was it... Yeah. He struck out Canna technically, but Nola didn't frame it very well. The pitch wasn't... I mean, it was a strike. I put it out on my Twitter at Talking Friars. It was a strike. You can go look at it. But it wasn't a perfect strike, if that makes sense. You know, it, I don't believe it was where Nola wanted it. I can go back and look. Let me, I'm actually going to go back and look because I want to be accurate on that. Um, no, yeah, it was not where Nola wanted it. I'm watching it again. Nola wanted it down. Maybe out of the zone, to be honest. It was a 2-2 pitch. Wanted it down, and it ended up being inside. It was still down on the zone, but it ended up being more inside. It was a strike, but more, I'll say this, more of the ball was outside the zone than inside the zone, but that doesn't matter. If it touches the zone at all, it's a strike. But I could see why the umpire didn't call it. It was just inconsistency from Morahone with the fastball. 
The Mets hitters knew what was coming. It was fastball, it was fastball, it was fastball. He'd mix in a uh, breaking ball there, but they knew what was coming. It was a ball or it was a strike fastball, probably down. Um, he just wasn't effective enough. Uh, that's the bottom line. I, I don't agree with Bomell's decision there to leave Morahone in to face McNeil. I think you should have had someone warming when, to me, to me, watching the game, it was clear that Morahone was kind of flustered by the moment. The crowd was loud. I, uh, I understand that. But he, he just has to pitch better in that situation. You know, Edwin Diaz, he came through. DeGrom tonight, I mean, he was electric to start out. Grisham hit a home run off of him. Huge from Grish. I mean, homering back-to-back days off of Scherzer and then DeGrom. Talk about keeping yourself in the lineup. I mean, I, I think he would have kept himself in game in the Game 3 lineup regardless, even if he didn't homer at all in this series, in these first two games. But, I mean, just huge. And it, it felt like watching DeGrom pitch, it was 100 miles an hour, and yeah, that's obviously really tough to hit. We can't hit that. But for Major League hitters, you just make one mistake, that ball can be gone. Like, Grisham didn't put a hard swing on the ball. It was just 100 miles an hour that he took to the opposite field. He let DeGrom's velocity do the work. And it was kind of disappointing that they couldn't get really anything after that. Diaz went an inning in two-thirds, didn't give up any runs. Um, I was surprised, definitely, and I think this might hurt the Mets tomorrow. Hopefully it does. I was surprised by Buck Showalter's decision to put Edwin Diaz back out there for the eighth inning after he pitched in the seventh and pitched well. Plan was to put him back out there for the eighth. I understood that, but then that set, bottom of the seventh went so long. It went 45 minutes, Diaz did, just sitting there without throwing, and he puts him back out there just to take him out again before he hits 30 pitches. They were saying on the broadcast, maybe 35, wouldn't let him go more than 35. Buck had Diaz go out there to face, I think, one batter. No, no, no. He had him face two, uh, to get two outs in that eighth inning. He had Manny ground out sharply to Diaz. He walked Bell and then struck out Crony. Crony hasn't gotten a hit in this series. He's also been a disappointment. Hopefully that turns around tomorrow and he can like be the big player in the series, and all of those people that are in my mentions that say Cronin worthless, uh, they'll shut up. Um, anyway, where was I with Diaz? Uh, I was surprised that he had him go back out there. You had a five-run lead at that point. I know you probably want him to get through Manny, right, and maybe Bell, but 45 minutes. I would have just shut him down and so he's good for tomorrow. Like, you're going to win. If you don't win with a five-run lead, even with Edwin Diaz not pitching after that seventh inning, then you don't deserve to be having a game three. You don't deserve to be in the playoffs anymore. So I would have just taken Diaz out. We'll see if that affects the Mets, if that affects Diaz tomorrow. Diaz obviously said after the game that he's going to be good to go. Um, but yeah, I was, I was surprised by that decision. Yeah, I see in the chat here, Diaz, 28 pitches, yeah. He had 28 pitches tonight, and we'll see how his arm feels, if his velo's down a little bit tomorrow. But I'm excited for tomorrow's game because everything's on 
the table. All hands are on deck. It doesn't matter who pitched today. If they're your best relievers, they're going to be available tomorrow. And the Padres are going to have Hayter, Suarez, Garcia, Hill, all four, Martinez even. They're all going to be available tomorrow. And the Mets, Edwin Diaz is going to be available for however long Buck wants him to throw. And we know that Buck Showalter, he can do some wacky things. So we might see Diaz come in in the seventh inning. Like tonight, we might see him come in for the eighth and the ninth. Who knows how long Diaz is going to go? He might go till his arm falls off. If Buck doesn't trust anyone other than Bassett, and I don't even know if he trusts Ottavino after tonight. I mean, he walked in a run. So I don't know who he goes to after Bassett tomorrow. You're not going to have Diaz go out there and throw three innings, but that's what that's what it kind of felt like when he put Diaz in in the seventh inning tonight. It was like, okay, how are you going to piece this together after that? And to be honest, that's another thing. If Diaz goes in the game early tomorrow, after right after Bassett or something like that, let's say Manny's up or the top of the order's up and they want Diaz there, I'm going to be confident if the game's close like it was before Morahone, you know, the blow-up inning there in that seventh, I'm going to be confident because even if the Padres don't get runs off of Diaz, who they might be able to because he's going to be taxed tomorrow, but let's say they don't get any runs off of him, then later in the game, they're going to have to go to someone else other than Diaz in a close game, and they can, they're going to be, that's going to be a, a, like an energy boost for the Padres. Hey, we don't, have, we don't have to face Diaz to end this game. We have haters still available, just probably, right? I think they'd be in a good spot there. Um, but yeah, so I, I getting back to Morahone real quick, I just didn't agree with him sticking. I, I didn't agree with Bomel sticking with Morahone when I, Thought it was clear he didn't have it tonight. Sticking with him, bases loaded there. And he he just seemed flustered. And that's not a guy that I want facing Jeff McNeil with the bases loaded. I would have went with Tim Hill. And I know Tim Hill didn't have the greatest Giants game um, that last series. But he's been very solid for the Padres this season. Uh I'm just going through the comments here. I'll get to some more stuff that I have, and I'll play some audio from Bomel uh, from after the game here. Uh, but let me get to the chat here. Oceanside Boys 760 asks, who's to blame for today's loss? I've kind of already talked about that. I know that was an earlier comment, so I probably already answered that. I'd say Morahone. You could say the offense, too. Morahone, Bomel on the offense. I mean, Snell... You could say Snell because he, you know, he did give up what two runs, and he made Nick Martinez come into the game earlier than the Padres probably wanted, and that shifted the bullpen plan up, and probably messed with their plan. But the Padres were still in the game when Snell left. You know, so I'm I'm not gonna. He's not at the top of my list of who to blame it on tonight. And I know this is what we do, right? Who do, who's to blame for the loss? But the players don't care, right? They're like, okay, we're moving on. We're forgetting about this loss because we have a game three tomorrow night, winner take all. The 164 games that happened before this in this season, they don't matter. All that matters is this game. You want to go face the Dodgers? Do you want a home playoff game? You win this game tomorrow. That's what matters. Youssef says, I completely agree. I really don't understand why Melvin left Morahone for extra for the extra batter. 
Uh, 100% agree, Ben. The game slipped through their fingers in the seventh. I don't understand Melvin's thinking. Yeah. Here, I'll play Bob Melvin and what he said post-game. Um, I did mention it earlier. You know, about it was about how he wanted to get through McNeil. Here's uh, Bob Melvin. Limited the damage for as much traffic as he had out there, but um, this isn't you know, talking snow, obviously. Recently, were he wasn't as proficient at throwing the ball over the plate. Talk about some of those decisions in in the seventh inning. Might go to more home there, and, and no, we were comfortable with him. I mean, it was going to be you're not going to get your matchup with Lindor, you know, switch hitting, and then we we're going to take him through McNeil and then do something different, try to turn Escobar around. We just didn't throw strikes either. It being where it is now, one game kind of all on the line. What are your kind of thoughts going into that with Joe on the mound? Uh, we feel good. I mean, Joe's pitched well for us all year. I mean, we'll be in pretty good shape with our bullpen as well. Um, but, yeah, I think this team takes a lot of confidence with Joe. Okay. Stay with that, Kevin. Matchups with the velocity tonight. What do you think of uh, some of the bats that you guys had? You know, we made him work. He made some pitches when he had to, started leaning. You can talk, talk about Jake. Started leaning on his slider there towards the end. Um, you know, the lefties were trying to push him away a little bit. Righties were trying to get him close to him, but he changed kind of what he was doing, you know, midstream there and started going to his breaking stuff and ended up being effective. Probably got one more inning than it looked like he was going to have as far as the pitch count went. When Manny's chasing certain pitches like this, is that Manny trying to do too much? Uh, that and I think, you know, Jacob's pretty good about throwing that fastball away and extending the slider off of it. So, by the way, this th that question by AC, come on. I mean, I've he's he's been on the show. Uh, I like, you know, having conversations with him, but saying, but asking Manny, is that Manny trying to do too much? Manny's not trying to do too much. Maybe Jacob DeGrom's just a really, really good pitcher throwing 100 miles an hour and 100 miles an hour up in the zone that's pretty enticing to swing at you know maybe DeGrom's just one of the best pitchers that we've ever seen when he's healthy you know uh but Bo Mel talking about uh wanting to get through McNeil and but he even said it himself about Morahone just not throwing strikes well if you know he's not throwing strikes then why are you letting him face that fourth batter he walked two guys in a row. He's faced the minimum three. Why is he, why are you forcing it? Trying to get him to get through McNeil there. It's not like you're trying to save arms. Like, it's a three-game series. If you don't win tomorrow, if you don't win these ne one of these next two games, you're done. Like, there's no saving arms here, I don't think. So... Look, I would have went with the matchup. If you want a lefty to face McNeil, then bring in Tim Hill. At least try something other than Morahone, who didn't have it tonight. Here's Bob Melvin continued with his uh, presser. Um, I think he, he pitched him pretty well. Over here on the right, Bill said, first two innings, uh, Jacob DeGrom was tough. And then after that, you guys were you know, trying to get some runs off him. How good was he? Well, I mean, he came out throwing 102, 101, 102. So obviously he had a good fastball early on. But I think what 
really made him effective later on as he, he changed kind of what he was doing, started leaning on his, his slider a lot more um, and kept us off balance that way. This day yet, Dennis? How much were you hoping for multiple innings in that spot from our home when you first put him in? We were. I mean, it, we, it, really, Escobar was going to be the kind of deciding factor on where we went. But, you know, you know, Lindor bloops one into it, gets a hit to right, and then two walks, and, you know, trying to get a lefty out, couldn't do it. So, ended his day. But because of the fact that we didn't cover much with Blake, we were going to try to, you know, obviously try to extend Martinez as we did too. And we're going to try to potentially do that with more home. Obviously, Josh Hader hasn't pitched in this series yet. Um, getting the ball to him, I think you talked yesterday about Suarez kind of emerging as the eighth inning guy. But what kind of a challenge do you anticipate, anticipate that being if you do get the chance to maybe put Josh? Yeah, I mean, tomorrow he's going to be in this game. And, you know, Suarez potentially multiple too. So, you know, our two most effective relievers will be part of this tomorrow. Far left there, Jake. The Mets have shown a willingness in the first couple of games to challenge you guys on the bases. What gives you confidence that tomorrow you'll be able to control their running game? Yeah, Joe's a little bit quicker to the plate. He's tougher to run on. So he's he's probably our best as far as controlling the running game. He fields his position well. Um, does a lot of the intangible things that that maybe we weren't as good at here in the first couple. Going to go over here to Hannah in the middle. I'm just curious from your perspective as a manager, what's different about uh, All right, that's it. Hannah Kaiser was just asking about the difference between a winner-take-all wildcard game, game three, compared to a winner-take-all just one game like it used to be. Um, and obviously, the answer to that is, well, there were pitchers before, matchups before, you're, you've seen this team for a couple games now. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hater. Uh, Suarez, Garcia, all of them, like Bomel said, they're going to be available tomorrow, and so... I'm confident that the Padres will go win this game tomorrow. I mean, Joe Musgrove on the mound, there's no one else I'd rather have on the bump. He wants it just as much as we do, maybe even more. Um, and he's had a history with the Padres of grinding through starts against great teams like the Dodgers. Even if he doesn't have his best stuff, he can go five, six innings still um, and keep the team in the game. That's what the Padres need tomorrow. Because Chris Bassett's not Jacob DeGrom. He's not Max Scherzer. Uh, I mean, Padres scored seven runs off of Scherzer. He's not Jacob DeGrom. I'll just say that one. Uh, so the Padres, I think they will score runs off of Bassett. I think it's just a matter of how many times can they come through with runners in scoring position. Because we did see them not be able to do that really tonight, right? The fifth inning, what was it? Profar uh, had the RBI down the right field line, uh, but then it was first and third, one out. Manny and Bell both struck out. You had the seventh inning, Nola was on second base, and you had Soto strike out, right? Or not strike out, excuse me. You had him uh, ground ball to, I think it was Diaz. Um, so there were spots there that, that they didn't come through with runners in scoring position. I'm not mentioning the ninth inning because it's bases loaded. Um, I mean, I guess that's a spot, but two outs, bases loaded. I'm talking about like when it was a one-run game, uh, not a four-run game. Um, and we were just hoping that a grand slam might happen. So for me, can Joe keep the Padres in the game? I think they can tomorrow, or I think he can tomorrow. How many times can the Padres come through with runners in scoring position? I think that's what it can come down to. Um, 
I mean, the bullpens, yeah, that's going to be important. But in terms of like Bassett against DeGrom, that's what I would look for. Uh, but yeah, getting back to tonight, I, I do want to spend some time on uh, some other guys in the lineup that I want to see get going. Because we can talk about Manny and focus on Manny, or we can focus on Soto a little bit. Uh, but Manny did homer yesterday in game one. Um, Soto did, I think he had two hits tonight. He did have some hits tonight. Um, but yeah, of course, I mean, you're paying him a bunch of money. Soto, you traded your whole farm system for. So yeah, you'd like them to come through. You want to expect them to come through. But it is baseball. You are facing good pitchers on the other side of things. And so, yeah, tomorrow, if they don't come through and the Padres lose, I think then we can definitely be more critical of them. But I'm not going to be, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, bash Manny and Soto right now because the series isn't over. They didn't have to win tonight. And I'm not saying that Manny and Soto went up there saying, oh, no, we can suck because we won game one. They were trying. Uh, but they didn't have, like, the pressure, it's not like they had all the pressure on them to do something today or else the season's over. They have that tomorrow, um, and both teams do. So I think it's going to be, I'll say this, I think it, would be, it will be better to be critical of them then if things don't work out than for it to be now. The series isn't over. They could come through huge tomorrow, and anyone on Twitter that was criticizing Manny saying, or that, you know, trying to uh, say that he can't be, he shouldn't be swinging at that pitch up against Degrom on the strikeout, and he's striking out multiple times and just not helping the team tonight. You're gonna look, you're gonna look dumb tomorrow if he does come through. And so, I'm waiting on giving uh, my full thoughts on Manny and Soto in this series, and Crony as well, and everyone else offensively in this series until. This series is entirely over. I think that's only fair. It's 1 1. Some guys had big performances in game one, and some guys didn't have those same big performances in game two. That's baseball, right? It, it's a series for a reason. They went to a series for a reason, not to just do a one game playoff after 162. Now it comes down to one game tomorrow, but it is a series. So there's going to be ups and downs game to game. And you hope that tomorrow isn't up for the Padres, if you get what I'm saying. So tomorrow's game, it's at 4.07 on ESPN. Musgrove against Bassett. Only game tomorrow. All attention in the baseball world. I know NFL supreme and blah, 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 blah. I, I couldn't care less about that now. It's all about the Padres. Um, the baseball world, it's going to be focused on Padres-Mets. Baseball wants this, right? The marquee, the big matchup that they put in primetime all three nights was Padres-Mets. And that's what they're getting tomorrow, game three. The Mariners came back from down like 8-1 to one today to beat the Blue Jays, which that's amazing for the city of Seattle. I'm so happy for them. The Phillies won against the Cardinals today. The Guardians, big walk-off bomb against the Rays to send them to the ALDS to face the Yankees. That was in, uh, in Cleveland. Um, I'm blanking on the Oscar Gonzalez, I think was the guy's name. I had barely heard of the guy when he hit that walk-off home run. But that game took forever, but great pitching in that series. Tomorrow, Padres, only game, Padres-Mets. And so this is the Padres' chance to literally have the league take notice and have everyone look and just embarrass 
those writers that voted for the Mets to win this series, you know, 31 experts from ESPN, 27 of them picked the Mets to win this series. That MLB.com list saying the Padres had the worst pitching staff, postseason pitching staff entering the postseason, the 10th worst or the 10th best, excuse me, offense um, entering the postseason. This is their time tomorrow to prove all of those people wrong and embarrass all those people and maybe repost that stuff on social media after they win the series. Like, this is their chance. They want to shut people up. Here you go. The Padres, they had to beat DeGrom or Scherzer. They did that. And probably secretly inside that front office, they're like, I'm fine if we go 1-1. DeGrom and Scherzer, those are elite pitchers. We beat one of those guys. I'll take my chance with Musgrove on the mound in game three. Snell, they had game two after winning game one. And it was kind of like, tonight, okay, we'll see what happens. It wasn't a must-win game, so I was fine with them having Snell game two today. Um, I, I still don't really understand why they announced that before game one, because if they lost game one, then what if Snell pitched today and that would not have worked out well if the same thing happened? You would have, the season would have been over, you know? So, um I'll, I'll say this. I'm really glad that Musgrove's on the mound tomorrow. There's no one else I'd rather have. I think the front office, I think the manager, the coaching staff are also very confident, and they're they're happy that Musgrove is on the mound tomorrow. Uh, and the Padres, they're in a better spot. I still believe this. They're in a better spot than the Mets going into tomorrow's game. Doesn't mean they're going to win tomorrow's game, but they're in a better spot. They've got the healthy pitching staff. Uh, the healthier, the, or maybe not healthier, but fresher pitching staff. Every pitching staff is probably banged up, but they've got the fresher one. They haven't used their closer yet. Uh, Suarez hasn't given up a run since August. Luis Garcia pitched well on Monday, or no, not Monday. He pitched well on Friday. Nick Martinez will be available, and they got their grinder on the mound tomorrow. And the offense. I think they'll show up more than they did tonight. They face an easier pitcher tomorrow than Jacob DeGrom, right? They DeGrom is out of the way. It's not like they're having DeGrom pitch game three. They've already had to face him. They get Bassett. So it's probably a sigh of relief for the Padres as they head back to their hotel. All right, let's get to some more chat here. What's up, Padres Station? What's up? Oh, sorry. Let me put this user in timeout. I apologize for that. Keith asks, how do you think Soto played? I think he could have played. I think, well, I mean, I'll say this. I think he could have come through better um, or just come through today. I mean, yeah, he had some hits. But, like, in that seventh inning, five straight sliders. Felt like he knew what was coming, or at least I knew what was coming. But then... This, it just wasn't the best swing on that pitch that he grounded out. Um, so I think he's played fine. But when you trade your whole farm system for the guy, I think it's okay for fans to expect Soto to come through in that situation. And if he doesn't come through tomorrow and the Padres lose, I think he's going to face some criticism.
Yeah, I agree with this comment here. Padres Twitter going to be crazy tomorrow. Well, I mean, it's crazy every day. Uh, Friday when we won, it was the most amazing thing ever. And then on Saturday, today, today's Saturday, right? Yeah, it's 11 o'clock, sorry. Um, today, when they lost, everything, you know, people are worried. I did see some optimism, kind of like the same viewpoint I'm having about Musgrove and being confident because it's Joe Musgrove on the mound tomorrow and our bullpen's in a better spot than the Mets. But, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's I would say, a good amount of nervousness on social media. But we're fans, right? There's going to be nervousness. Is nervousness a word? I think it is. Yeah, Bassett's pitching tomorrow, Keith. Is there anything else to get to about this game? I mean, I touched on Snell. Yeah, it's disappointing. The six walk, walking more guys than you allowed hits to, that can't happen. Um, and, and Blake knows that. He knows that. And he's going to try to fix it. Hopefully, he has another start. The Padres win tomorrow. He'll have another start in the postseason. Uh, but, yeah, it was disappointing that he didn't get through four innings and Martinez had to come in earlier than he and the Padres probably wanted him to come in. But Martinez, I mean, yeah, he gave up that one home run to Alonso, but that pitch was down. Um, he pitched pretty well today, I thought. If you want to hear Snell, here that is um, after the game. He's playing on the fastball. I just couldn't find it for whatever reason. Uh, the, the walks, obviously, are uh, pretty frustrating. Um Outside of that, though, um, happy with how I battled. Um, I didn't really have much tonight, uh, which is pretty frustrating. But, yeah, just the walks. I mean, that's really what hurt me. Uh, Nemo had his three singles to left. Um, and then Hagen slotted a Lindor down the middle. They didn't move. Outside of that, uh, yeah, just did the best I could with what I had. And uh, just a tough, tough night. I feel like from the outside, like there were a lot of close pitches early in the game that didn't go your way. Did it feel like that? They kind of got the pitch count up a little bit for you as well? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm throwing more strikes and I'll get more of the close pitches. Um, I think that's probably what would have helped. I'm excited to watch the video, learn from it, uh, see what I can do better. Uh, but yeah, just a tough one. Had to battle all night, um, but kept the team in it. Sucks that I only went three and a third, uh, and the bullpen had to cover the rest, so that's pretty frustrating. Um, but, yeah, find a way to get better for the next one. You mentioned the release point. Is that something that's just maybe adrenaline-related? You're just rushing a little bit or not necessarily? I don't know. I'll figure it out. Um, but it was just it was just off. Like, I could feel it. Um, just even the inconsistency of the pitch. Like, I just couldn't locate it like I've been doing the last month or two, so. Um, I don't think adrenaline got to me. I think I was in a really calm state. I didn't think uh, there's nothing to that. I felt really good. So, um, yeah, just find it, work on it, clean it up by the next one. That should be good. At some point you went to the curve quite a bit. Was the slider not working? Yeah, it was just like it just wasn't sliding. Uh, it was just hanging. Um, even the last one that I threw to, to Nita. It was just like a back door hanging slider that I got lucky with. Um, so, 
I'll find it. Um, I, I have an idea of what I was doing, but we'll work on it, figure it out, and then I'll have it back by the next game. You say you didn't have your best stuff. At what point did you realize you didn't have it and realize you had to battle? Yeah, in the bullpen, I had my best stuff. I mean, I was nasty in the bullpen today. Um, but I think by, well, honestly, the first, because I was just, that was, what, 29 pitches? Yeah, I mean, I could kind of tell there. I was like, all right, we're going to have to battle. We're going to have to get in the zone more. Um, but, yeah, early on I could tell, and I was like, all right, let's just battle and let's, let's try to just throw as many zeros as we can. And, um, yeah, so the walks probably are the highlight of what made me so mad today. Um, the hits, I mean, it was one guy that hit me three times. Outside of that, pretty good. So let's limit the walks and we'll be fine. What's that like to be out there in this moment, this stage, having to battle without your best self? Like, I mean, I'm good enough to where I should be able to go at least five. So it's going to be a frustrating one. I mean, I'm not going to be able to sleep. I know that. But, uh, yeah, it's frustrating. But got a good team here and win one tomorrow and give me another opportunity to, to help us win another game. So there you go, Blake Snow. So... But I, I mean, he kind of had me dying when he said he was amazing in the bullpen. He was nasty in the bullpen today. <laughs> that doesn't matter, unfortunately. I could be nasty in a bullpen that I went out through in my backyard right now, you know. Um, but yeah, he knows what was happening more than us. It feels like velocity or velocity looked good. Uh, it was the release point slider wasn't sliding, so he was going to different pitches. Didn't have his best stuff. And uh seemed like he's pissed off about the walks, just like we are, right? Those extra passes, those free passes, you know, they didn't earn him. It, he's not upset about the hits, right? Brandon Nimmo got him a few times, but that was pretty much the hits from the Mets. Um, I think they got four hits today off of Snow. He walked six guys, 10 base runners in less than four innings, four complete innings. Um, 90 pitches. More than half, barely half were strikes. So he obviously wants much more strikes to be thrown than 47 out of 90 of them, right? That, that's not good enough. Um, I'm just trying to go through innings one through four just to refresh. You know, the wa walking Nito, right? Walking, was Nito was the, yeah, Nito was the nine hitter. Walking the nine-hitter, can't do that. Um, in the third, leading off an inning, walking a guy. I know he struck out Alonzo, uh, struck out Canna, and got McNeil to ground out. But a leadoff walk doesn't help either. And then he had another leadoff walk in the bottom of the fourth. Then he walked Ruff, the eight-hitter, who some Mets fans didn't even think should have been on the roster. So it's those little things, you know, starting off an inning not on the right foot. Even if you rebound, those starting off on the wrong foot, guess what? That adds up to extra pitches. And he got to 90 pitches pretty darn fast. And then that leads to having Nick Martinez come in, right? It just leads to, um, you know, a snowball effect of having Martinez come in and then you need to fill multiple innings from someone else. You have more home come in. 
And Bomel was saying post game that they were trying to get multiple innings out of Morahone, but he doesn't pitch well. And then you're kind of scrambling, right? And then the offense doesn't, it just adds up, right? You know, just adds up and it, it made it harder for the Padres to win. But I would, I still, even with Snell's struggles today, I wouldn't put the loss on him. Like he's not at the top of the list for who I would blame for tonight's loss. I think tonight it's more on Morahone and Bowmill sticking with Morahone for that fourth batter, McNeil. Um, yeah, you could say Pierce Johnson, and but I'd say probably Morahone and the offense. But it's hard to like blame the offense when they were facing Degrom. You know, Grish did hit the home run off of Degrom. But then also, you know, there were situations in the fifth and the seventh that they didn't come through. I'm not going to talk about the ninth. I'm not even including that because the game I thought was over then, even with the bases loaded. I, I try to, you know, keep the faith in all that, but you need a grand slam to tie it, and there's two outs. And Adovino, yeah, he wasn't finding the strike zone like as much as he probably wanted to, but at the same time, he still has nasty stuff, right? So kind of a weird angle he comes from as well, at least I think. So I'm more talking about like the fifth and the seventh where it was a close game. Still, it was three to two, I think, at, those, at the, both of those times. And they couldn't come through there. So I'd say Morahone in the offense. Points were points of blame, if that makes sense, for tonight's game. Uh, Keith asks, crazy, or he says, crazy stat, we're now 0-10 with Chris Guccione behind the plate. Yeah, Jim Russell was telling me that stat on the wrap-up show tonight. That, that was not the reason why the Padres lost, but sure, yeah. I mean, I had it in my notes here. Uh, that seventh inning, Morahone struck out Canna, but Guccione didn't call it. He then walked Canna. That adds up to more pitches. Um, that loaded the bases. That walked to Canna after he walked, I think it was Alonzo, throwing a lot of pitches inside there. And once he walked Canna, I thought he should have been taken out of the game, but that should have been, he should have struck out Canna. Would have been one out in that spot. I forget how many outs it would have been. Um, but the bases shouldn't have been loaded at that point. And when you walk Canna, that moves Alonzo to second, puts him in scoring position, or whoever. It puts someone on second. McNeil drove in two runs, including the person on second, that got to second because of Canna's walk. So I don't think McNeil should have drove in two runs in that spot right there. You know, so, yeah, there, there's certain situations where, okay, maybe that wasn't a walk. That shouldn't have been a walk. But they did give up seven runs. So even if you want to be nice and take away a couple Mets runs, they still lose the game 5-3. Snell did walk six guys. You want to take away a walk from Snell because of the umpire? Okay, that's still five walks. That's still more walks than hits that he allowed. That's still unacceptable, right? We think, we think sometimes... When he walks three guys, that that really hurts, and that's unacceptable. He walked double that tonight. So it, the umpire is not high on the list of you know, points of blame for this game. I'm not saying, Keith, that you're trying to blame the umpire, but just my thoughts on the umpire. It wasn't great tonight, but that's not why the Padres lost, definitely. Yeah, I agree, Keith, here. More than anything, though, can't really blame the ump if Snell was more sharp. Yeah. James is a Mets fan. All right. 
thanks for uh, tuning in here. It's probably 2 a.m. where you're at if you're on the East Coast. He says, I'm a Mets fan, and your team is tough to beat. Tough team to beat. Yeah. Um, thank you for, I guess, complimenting the Padres. Your team's tough to beat as well. I mean, you guys have a good pitching staff. I'm not saying, I know, I keep saying I'm more confident in Musgrove than Bassett. That's part of it's because I'm biased and I've seen Musgrove the whole year. I haven't watched Chris Bassett's starts all season long. I've seen a couple, tuned into a couple. Um, but, like, Bassett's a good pitcher. You have the NL batting title leader. You have Lindor and Alonso and Nimmo. He's like your guys' version of Profar. Uh, you have a good manager, just like we have a good manager. I think that sometimes both managers can get into trouble with maybe being too loyal with some guys or being hesitant to get away from a reliever. But I'd rather have someone that trusts their guy the whole year, like Mo Bowmill has and like Show Walter probably has sometimes for some of your guys, than have a guy that's pulling guys early because that's going to tax other guys. Um, and you just can't win like that. You do have to trust guys at some point. I think in the postseason, um, I think that trust should go down. And like tonight, when a guy just doesn't have it, it's, he seems flustered. That's what Morahone looked to me. Um, you got to pull the plug, and Bowmill didn't do that for McNeil. James, the Mets fan, by the way, says, I think you guys are going to win. Easy tomorrow, my team down to their third pitcher. Well, we're down to our third pitcher as well. I think our third pitcher is better than your third pitcher. Um, I think that we're in a better spot than you guys are pitching-wise. You know, with the bullpen, we have our closer. He hasn't pitched yet, and Diaz went through 28 pitches tonight, and he came and pitched again after sitting for 45 minutes. I don't know if it's going to have an effect on him tomorrow. We'll see. Um, I, I think we're in a better spot than the Mets going into tomorrow. So I would agree with that. I think you're probably like a lot of Mets fans, just being pessimistic, like, oh, man, we're the Mets. We're going to lose. Well, I'm sure there's some Padres fans thinking that as well. I'm not one of them. I think we will win tomorrow. Um, but I think it's going to be a battle, James. So I appreciate you tuning in. Yeah, James here says, if the Mets pitchers aren't perfect, we pretty much lose the games. Yeah, I mean, Scherzer sucked, so obviously he lost that game. DeGrom wasn't perfect today. He did give up a couple runs, but the Padres pitching was not perfect at all either, and so that definitely helped. And Diaz was good, and Ottavino gave up a run, but um, the Mets offense came through more, especially the seventh inning. They came through more than the Padres' offense did, right? So that's what happened there. Uh, James asks, are you a Charger fan and Laker fan? No, neither. No, neither. Those are L.A. teams. I don't do with L.A. I, no, definitely not. Nope. I am uh, San Diego through and through. I did work for, um, while well, I was in New York, for, I was in New York for college, so I do have some New York ties there. Uh, for a little bit there, and I did work for an NBA team in New York, so I root for that team, but um, anything else, it's San Diego, really. Um, I guess we could talk 
a little bit about the ESPN broadcast if you guys want to. Um, it's pretty much going to be me saying the same thing as I did yesterday on 244, episode 244, reacting to game one. Just there were some things that it was clear the ESPN announcers were riding the Mets and they wanted the Mets to win. And I know that's good for the ratings, game three and all that. Uh, but it was clear, like game one, Buster only not being able to pronounce Trent Grisham's name. I think he did it again tonight, by the way. I think he said Grissom again instead of Grisham. Um, tonight in the fifth inning, I posted the clip on Twitter. He asked Eduardo Perez when it was a 3-2 to two game, Hey, Eduardo, uh, you think the Mets are going to have early BP tomorrow? Like everyone's going to be out for early BP? Like assuming that the Mets were going to have a game three already. When it was a 3-2 game. And you didn't know that Morhone was going to blow it up in the seventh. Or the bullpen was going to blow it up in the seventh. So it's just little stuff like that. Um, that kind of irks me. But at the same time, I mean, I expect it, right? David Cohn, he's based in New York. Uh, it's better for the ratings for the Mets to win in advance, uh, or at least win to force a game three. They don't host. They don't uh, have the uh, division series games. I think that's Fox and TBS, so it won't matter for them. But they, I know they wanted a game three. But, I mean, writing to Grom. And yesterday when the Padres were having their moment, they were winning on Friday night in game one. And it felt like all the focus was on the Mets. Mets this, Mets that. And uh, ESPN, I just go back to the 27 of the 31 ESPN experts just riding the Mets and thinking that, oh, this is definitely a Mets series win. And uh, I don't know, it, it just kind of irks me. Padres, hopefully with the win tomorrow, they will get... ESPN's respect and ESPN can focus on the Padres winning that game and advancing to face the Dodgers than them focusing on, oh man, what a terrible, disappointing season this was for the Mets. If like the Padres are up 4 nothing or something late in the game tomorrow, hopefully they're focusing on the Padres and that success than the Mets, but I doubt that's what would happen. Um, but tomorrow again, Musgrove and Bassett, Padres, that's the only game on tomorrow. Cardinals, their season is over. Albert Pujols, Yadi Molina, their careers are over. Don't know about Adam Wainwright yet, but I think his career would be over as well. I think he'd want to have a chance at the Hall of Fame along with Yadi and um, Pujols in that same year. The Rays, their season is over. And... Uh, the Blue Jays, holy, imagine being a Blue Jays fan today, huh? I mean, you had an 8-1 lead, and you lost. You had Adam Frazier, former Padre, you had Adam Frazier beat you. That has, to, that has to be painful. And it was at home. It was at home, too. Everything's going well. Teoscar Hernandez hit a couple home runs, and a couple hours later, a few hours later, you're team season's over but i'm pumped for seattle i mean it was it's their first playoff appearance since 2001 and they're making something of it you know that nola trade i probably wish that that didn't happen although at the same time i obviously you know Nola's on the team now can't do anything about it so i'm gonna i i 
I'm going to want Noah to hit a bomb tomorrow, you know? I want Noah, I'm wishing all the success for Noah tomorrow with the Padres, obviously. Um, and hopefully he can throw out a runner or something, you know, prove us wrong. But obviously, I wish that trade, if we could go back in time, I probably wouldn't have made that deal if I was AJ Preller. But you can't go back in time. And so you have Ty France as a former Padre and uh, Andres Munoz throwing gas. I'm rooting for those guys. You know, the Mariners, they're probably my AL team to root for. Obviously not the Yankees. I'm not rooting for the Astros, the Trastros. Uh, I'm not rooting for who's the other team that's alive still. Uh, Cle- Cleveland, I mean, maybe a little bit with some former guys there, but I wasn't a big fan of, like, Austin Hedges. Um, so Seattle's kind of my AL team that I'm rooting for. And obviously a Padres-Mariners World, World Series that wouldn't, probably make the Fox executives very happy, but it would make me happy. Pottery's in the World Series, you know? Um, but that's a long ways away, so I'm hoping the Padres can pull out a win tomorrow, obviously. Um, I think I've touched on everything. Yeah, it was disappointing loss today, 4-3, or not 4-3, 7-3. I wish it was 4-3, 7-3, uh, but I'm I'm choosing to look at this from the positive point of view. Josh Hader, Luis Garcia, Robert Suarez, Tim Hill, Nick Martinez, they're all going to be available out of the bullpen tomorrow. The Padres, they have Joe Musgrove on the mound, a better option, I think, than Chris Bassett. And hopefully their offense, they, they have the talent for their offense to come alive against Bassett tomorrow and the Mets pitching staff as a whole. So I just hope that they can do that, you know. Pedro asks, who's pitching game one, two, and three of the division series against LA? Well, I'm not even going to focus on that right now. It would probably be Clev game one. I don't know about the rest, but I'm not going to focus on that. They need to win game three on Sunday night, and then they can party and then worry about the NLDS. I'm not even worrying about the division series. If you're thinking about that, you're overlooking the Mets, and I don't think that's a smart thing to do. So, as we get out of here, thank you so much for tuning in. This episode is brought to you by Gaglione Bros. Famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Gaglionebros.com is the website located on Friars Road, inside Petco Park, inside Snapdragon Stadium. Check them out if you have not already. Great cheesesteaks, garlic fries, cheesesteak fries. I definitely recommend them to you. Uh, You're definitely missing out if you have not checked them out already. Uh, But that's going to do it here for me. Ben Fadden signing off. Padres Mets Game 2 Reaction Episode. Hopefully the Padres can pull out a win tomorrow. All right, see everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. Go Pods.